0: Welcome in on a Wednesday. How we doing uh, Brown and Havish Studios? Mike Seely Parker Thune here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. I'm cutting it close today. I couldn't find my energy drink. I think I left it out of the vehicle, uh, which means it's probably 95 degrees right now. Rather than a cool energy, monster energy beverage, if I go out and retrieve it at the break, it's probably going to be at least 85 degrees. Do you get more energy out of the drink if that's the case? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. I, I got to have my energy drink. Old people need energy, you know. So, anyway, how we doing, everybody, uh, ladies and gentlemen? We have you have got a smile on your face. Have I done something? Do I have like a booger hanging out of my nose, or what's going on? No, there's no, you're good. You're there's good. something
1: hey, happening. What have I done? I I'm just excited for two hours on the radio with you, Mike. No, as I am every single day. There's a smirk.
0: I see a smirk over there. It's a very clear smirk. Do I have my fly unzipped? What old thing have I done already that's making you laugh? Uh,
1: I'm not laughing, Mike. I'm not laughing. You, 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 however, I I do have a story that'll make you laugh. I okay. think. So, so you know, you know um, he, he's making pretty good sport of me over there. Is what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> so if you do, if you do want a good laugh, though, okay. Uh, yesterday, on my way home from the studio, after I got off the air around three. Uh, We wrapped up Locked In, me and Tyler McComas, and I, because my car is in the shop, as those of you that have been listening throughout the week know, uh, I am confined to, basically I can't get around unless I have an Uber. That's where I'm at, because I I live nowhere that is within walking distance of any establishment or uh, business of which I would darken the door. So uh, if I want to get anywhere, if I want to go grocery shopping, anything like that, I have to take an Uber, right? So I'm getting out of the studio yesterday around 3 o'clock, handing things off to Tyler and Teddy for the rush. And I pull out my phone to book my Uber. And it takes like 20 minutes for the Uber to get there. And in the meantime, I'm just shooting the breeze with Drake Dyken outside in the common area. And eventually the Uber rolls up. And I jump in, and it's maybe a seven or eight-minute drive uh, back to my house. (laughs) And at a certain point, I realize that my Uber driver has his Bluetooth on. And he's listening not to music, but you want to take a guess at what he was listening to? Uh, Let's see. NPR. Not even close, actually.
0: The ref. I wish. Wouldn't that be nice? Hmm. What was he listening to? Like, a, Was it music, or was it like a radio station, no, he, or a okay.
1: podcast, or what? He was listening to books on tape. Really? But uh, th- he wasn't just listening to any particular book on tape. He was listening to the Iliad
2: what? on tape.
1: And it's, it's this dramatic rendition of the Iliad. Read by someone with this dramatic British accent, and so I'm doing my best to hold it together in the backseat of this individual's vehicle as I'm hearing leopard skin and curved bow upon his shoulders over the speakers in the car. It was bizarre, man. Didn't you read the Iliad and the Odyssey? Oh of course everybody
0: did you go Cliff's Cliff's notes version? Hopefully you did, because I'm like,
1: I I feel like the Iliad or the Odyssey. No way. I'm going clip notes on both. I feel like at some point everybody has at least skimmed over the Iliad, right? It's classic literature, so, you know, if you were raised a certain way, especially if you were classically educated, you've at least skimmed over the Iliad. It's a very long, long book. Is it a book or is it like a trilogy? I forget
0: i I think it's like a book, right? I mean, they were okay. both the I remember the Iliad and the Odyssey I just, you had to pick them up at the o u bookstore, and I'm thinking, ah no way on this, but the Cliff notes, notes version uh worked very well,
1: yeah, he was on chapter four of twenty six and I was just like, I can't imagine being this person. I can't imagine driving around ubering every single day and having this on his back he had noise. to be a student right i maybe. I don't know, but I was like, dude, this chapter four is like 27 minutes alone. So you multiply that by 26. That's like 13, 14 hours of the Iliad. That
0: That's a lot of Iliad. There's no doubt. Uh, and he probably is going to have to go to the Odyssey, too, I would bet. The entire Homer collection, maybe. You never know. So So that's where the smirk was coming from. No, it's not where the smirk was coming okay, from. Okay, so see, you still made me paranoid. Now, see, I <laughs> thought I had the smirk covered. I've done something Boomer-related, I think. Were you laughing at my glasses? What are you laughing at, okay? Hey, I'm not Just, laughing. Uh, I'm not laughing. If you could see him right now, he's got a young person's... Please. Look at this old guy on the other side of the window here. Has no clue what he's doing. He's right. But I'm just, you know, I'm, once you get older, you want to make sure that there's something that's hasn't gone wrong that you're unaware of. So I'm just, I'm a little bit worried. Okay, uh, by the way, Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort System, sponsoring our first hour. You need AC work done. Right now that AC is working overtime. That AC is thinking, dude, please, I can't run at 65 degrees all summer just to keep it at 72. Help me. That's what your AC is thinking right now. And he's thinking maybe it's a she air conditioner. I don't know. We're not gender-specific here. It's just an AC. I don't know what your AC's pronouns are, but it needs help. I can tell you that. 405-579-3113. 405-579-3113. Okay. Um, Big weekend. And prospects are in Norman right now. I see that Michael Hawkins, one of those, uh, tell us what's happening. Uh, this is a huge weekend. Do we know anything on Peyton Bowen? Is he going to be a Norman and College Station or one or the other? What do we know about who's visiting this weekend? That would be, you know, the uh, the Cliff, Cliff Notes version of who's visiting, like, the really important people.
1: Right now, I would expect Peyton Bowen to be both places at some point this weekend, which we discussed was a possibility Uh I would think based on some conversations I've had uh, with people in the know regarding that situation, I think Bowen probably makes it both places. If he only makes it one of the two, though, again, pay attention to that. Because the one that he ends up with, or ends up at, excuse me, uh, if that does become the case, it will tell you a lot about where Peyton Bowen's recruitment is trending. Now, you mentioned... Uh, The big visit day today for 2024s and 2025s. Michael Hawkins, kind of the headliner, the four-star quarterback in the class of 2024. OU legacy, son of former OU defensive back Mike Hawkins, uh, who played several years of professional football thereafter as well. Allen High School, which, of course, has been kind to the Sooners. Pretty good high school,
0: pretty good program right there. Allen,
1: Allen Eagles. So that is the situation. He is on campus today uh, with several other elite prospects from the 2024 and 2025 classes. A real close friend of his, uh, another one that we've mentioned quite a bit on this show, Peyton Pierce, the four-star linebacker out of Lovejoy. Uh, Not an OU legacy. I believe his dad played defensive back at Tulsa, if I'm not mistaken, but his great-grandfather played football at Oklahoma. Still has a lot of family ties to the Norman area. Uh, So that's a guy that I believe will be a Sooner when it's all said and done as well. Jury's still out on Michael Hawkins. Uh, I am the Queen Bee of the Hawkins Hive. I can tell you that much. I love the kid's skill set, and I've been all in on him from the get-go. He's starting to pick up steam on the recruiting trail. Alabama offer most recently, so Nick Saban's in the mix for the kid. I wonder how long it is until that Oklahoma offer drops especially with DJ Lagway visiting Florida this weekend instead of OU. So we will see uh, what becomes of the quarterback situation for Oklahoma in 2024. But Michael Hawkins, definitely a name to know if you don't know it already. Via the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Hey, Steel Man, I heard yesterday on the show that you got a new puppy. My wife has a vet clinic, village veterinary care in Brookhaven Shopping Center. Her name is Dr. Crow. And the King Barry Switzer and his wife... Bring their dogs to her. There you go. Solved. So if you need a vet, she's a good one. And if you mention my name, you get the Uncle Monty discount. The
0: Uncle Monty discount. Thank you. Oh, you money. We appreciate it. You know, I may, Shay may be taking our dogs over there already because I know we're going to a place over there in Brookhaven. Uh, that's the area of Norman where we live. So I think we're already going there, to be honest with you, but I'm not 100% positive. I will check. So, uh, so anyway, okay. By the way, I just saw Mike McDaniel, the new Dolphins head coach on ESPN over here. Doesn't look like a football coach. He looks like a guy who would be listening to the Iliad or the Odyssey on a Bluetooth connection. Mike
1: McDaniel is such an interesting human being. I love him.
0: But he doesn't look like a football coach, does he? Really?
1: No, he doesn't. He's like five foot nine. right? He looks like your IT guy. You know, did you restore <laughs> That's everything? exactly what he looks like. He looks like the
0: IT guy, and if you're an IT guy, we mean that you look really. He looks really smart. You know, there's a difference. Jerry Schmidt looks like a football guy, right? Mike McDaniel looks like the IT guy. The IT guy has always. I used to love the skit on SNL when the IT guy would come into the office and look at you know whatever problem, like <laughs> you moron. Um, so anyway, salute to all the IT guys out there. Okay, uh, by the way, as we finish up this first segment here on a Wednesday, Steel Man and Thune on the Home of Sooner Fans, Ref Radio Network. uh, Tomorrow is going to be the day that Derek LeBlanc makes the decision for Oklahoma. That's almost a certainty. Uh, Tomorrow will also be a week away from the start of practice for the Sooners officially begins on August 4th and today there is a decision that's going to be made for Alabama that you think solidifies Macari Vickers to Oklahoma decision has been made Caleb Downs did it just come down headed
1: to the Alabama Crimson Tide as of several minutes ago
0: all right so that decision just did come down and explain why that even puts Macari Vickers in a better place to choose Oklahoma soon
1: Well, Macari Vickers recruitment and we're speaking, of course, the four star defensive back out of Tallahassee, Florida, for those unfamiliar with Vickers, his recruitment for some time has been a battle between Oklahoma and Alabama. And with Alabama filling up, getting more and more crowded in the defensive backfield when you look at their 2023 class, it helps clear the path for Oklahoma to land Macari Vickers, if only by virtue of the fact that things are getting very, very crowded uh, in Alabama's defensive secondary in this 2023 class, Tony Mitchell, Jaleel Hurley, now Caleb Downs—that's three five-star defensive backs that the Crimson Tide are bringing on in 2023. And look, we're we're accustomed to this kind of thing for Alabama, right? I think they have 15 commits now with the addition of Downs. They have by far the highest average commit rating of any school. Uh, in the 24-7 sports team rankings. Their average commit rating is like a 95, Mike. It's ridiculous. But that's Alabama. Now, the silver lining for the Sooners in that, and the Sooners had been a player for Caleb Downs for a minute, but that ship sailed a while back. The silver lining therein is that now Oklahoma almost assuredly becomes the destination for Akari Vickers, who will be back on campus in Norman on Friday.
0: There you go. And uh, with Bama's uh, new commitment from Caleb Downs, that moves Bama up to 10. They are still behind Oklahoma. The Sooners are eighth. Alabama has 14 commits. The Sooners have 17. But, again, Bama's average is the best of anybody out there. Oklahoma's average is 91.40. I think Alabama's, uh, what I'm seeing right now, is 94.25. And then, uh, for instance, uh, Georgia's 93.38, Notre Dame 93.38, Ohio State 93.73. Oklahoma, again, with the kids that they're expecting to get committed, like uh, Derek LeBlanc tomorrow, that's another four-star, their average will go up Uh, in the Sooners again. It looks like mainly four stars still out there for Oklahoma. The ones that we've been talking about are all four-star kids.
1: There's some huge names that are still out there on the board. When you think about Vickers, Cecilia Kana, Jacoby Johnson, DJ Hicks, Malachi Coleman, there's a very good chance that Oklahoma closes this cycle strong in a way that they haven't closed any recruiting cycle in a long, long time. You think back to 2019, they got Jaden Hazelwood late in the process, but think about some and I don't want to fail to give due to the kids that Oklahoma signed down the stretch in this past recruiting class because I think our Mason Thomas is going to be a heck of a player at the University of Oklahoma. Obviously Jaden Gibson is already paying dividends, but it's been a while since Oklahoma made several splashes of that caliber late in a recruiting cycle, and they have the opportunity to do that not just once, not just twice, but several times if they are to land Vickers and Jacoby Johnson, Malachi Coleman, David Hicks, etc., or some combination of any of those.
0: Yeah, and with those out there, even if it's LeBlanc, Jacoby Johnson, uh, Makari Vickers, and Tassouli Akana, you're talking about Oklahoma with eight top 100 prospects in the 247 rankings. And the previous high in the modern era of the last decade was five. Five. Previous. So they're going to shatter that. And if they add a Jordan Renard or a... Uh as you said, D.J. Hicks, somebody like that. Jordan McHill, Renaud, thank Peyton you for bringing Moen. up that name.
1: That's that's another kid that it's so easy to forget about because he's so quiet, but that's another OU Alabama battle right there. I mean, they have a chance to get like
0: 10 guys in the top 100 before this is all said and done, which would double their previous record over the last decade. All right, we're going to break right here. Good to have you with us on a what, – what day is today? Oh, yeah, it's Wednesday. Wednesday, ladies and gentlemen, and you can hit us up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. When we get back, we're going to hear from Brent and Dylan Gabriel, eight days away from the start of Sooner Spring practice or fall practice now. We're moving on to another season, spring, summer, then fall. We'll be right back. All right, we are back on a Wednesday, and we'll get to the Air Comfort Solutions text line here in a minute. Tomorrow, it is expected that Derek LeBlanc, the defensive lineman out of the Orlando, Florida area, will commit to the Sooners. And that would be commitment number 18 for Oklahoma, eighth in the uh, team rankings right now. With uh, Ohio State 1, Notre Dame 2, Georgia 3, Texas 4, Clemson in at number 5, then Penn State 6, Miami 7, OU 8, Tennessee 9, Alabama at number 10. The uh, Tide got a commitment from Caleb Downs moments ago. Parker believes that uh, helps ensure that Macari Vickers will eventually end up committing to Oklahoma sometime soon. All right. So we're eight days away from the start of, even though it's summer, fall camp, as you really get uh, underway and you're about a month away from uh, starting the season. And that will be uh, next Thursday, a week from tomorrow, August 4th for Oklahoma. So Brent Venables, everybody's excited. They love the enthusiasm. They love the passion. Sooner fans wanted this hire to happen, and it did. So let's hear from Brent about what it's been like being the Sooners' head coach so far.
3: been a, a, a fun seven and a half months. Um, and as you're building a program, you got one opportunity to do it the first time the right way. You know, once the toothpaste is out of the tube the genie's out of the bottle, you can't go back and do it the first time again. And so as we're building the foundation, man, we got to, we got to get it right. You got to rehearse your beliefs and your values and you know, your standards, what those things are. And so it's simple from a, you know, if it goes all the way back to when I was 17 and 51 about relationships, then it's the same thing as I build this program and do it the right way. It's about relationships. It's about, there's not gonna be real deep seated commitment unless you have connection first. And um, and it's gotta come from the right place. Your motive's gotta be right, your intent's gotta be right. Because people will see right through that if it's not. So I just try to be me, you know, and um, still hold the same value system. I don't, uh, you know, people that see me probably see passion and intensity and well, hopefully see loyal loyalty and commitment you know as well all
0: right brent is a guy man that you kind of get the feeling like the way he approaches uh life that he would be a success in just about anything he did right i mean he could sell me on amway he could sell me a vehicle maybe even a lemon uh just the way he approaches things And it's so refreshing to hear this stuff. And I know Brent can go on on a question for a long time, but you know what? I I think that he is just the kind of coach the Sooners need after what they've had. They've got to get tougher. They've got to get more focused. They've got to be more physical. They've got attention to detail. All that stuff sounds trite, like it's minor, but guess what? That's how you take that next step, by doing those things. And that's where Sooner fans, I think, are so hopeful when they hear Brent speak.
1: Also, is there any analogy that has been used more often over the last six to eight months than you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube?
0: Mm-hmm. Or the genie out of the bottle. Which one do you prefer, the toothpaste out of the tube or the genie out of the bottle? You can't put the genie back. Of course, if the genie is Barbara Eden back in her prime, you don't want her back in the bottle. You want her outside. Older reference lost on younger co-hosts.
1: I can see. Look, I vaguely was, I vaguely know what you're talking about but not enough to Who's smirking offer anything.
0: now, my friend? Who's smirking <laughs> now? Okay? The smirk disappeared and the look of complete befuddlement came over his face. Like he was like his Uber driver was listening to the Iliad on Bluetooth, which did happen yesterday. weren't, weren't those like long poems though like really long too long yes, poems yes, a yes, poem yes. should be very short this poem these poems you know i remember the paperback
1: editions i'm like
0: this this isn't a poem
1: this what's, is a long form read what's your favorite type of poem are you a limerick guy you strike me as a limerick guy i i don't have a favorite poem todd bates he's my favorite poet
0: there you go the poetry go. the collected works of todd bates that's My favorite poetry right there. Anyway. All right. Dylan Gabriel, Sooner quarterback. Uh, You know, it's so interesting how things can change in this day and age of college football because Sooner fans thought they had a potential Heisman guy, was going to be one of their heroes, and Caleb Williams – He's always going to be a bit of a hero just before because of what he did in the Texas game, rescuing the Sooners in that game, most dramatic comeback in Red River rivalry history. So Caleb Williams is always going to have a a huge chunk of Sooner lore. It could have been a mountain, like a Mount Everest uh, situation for Caleb Williams. But we know what happened after Muleshoe lied and uh, left for L.A., and everybody kind of expected that that was an eventuality that uh, Caleb Williams would depart as well. But Oklahoma got a pretty good guy through the portal themselves in Dylan Gabriel, an accomplished quarterback. And you can talk about not power five, group of five, whatever, but he's put up numbers. He's accustomed to Jeff Levy's system. And Dylan Gabriel sounding pretty confident about what this OU offense uh, is going to look like.
2: The ball's going to be moving down the field for sure. And, you know, just a lot of points going to be scored on that, on that scoreboard. So um, that's what you can expect. And, you know, I feel really confident in the guys and, you know, the growth growth we've made over the summer and, you know, going into fall camp, you know, I feel really confident in what we're going to do. No pressure. I just know that, you know, we've set expectations for ourselves and standards for ourselves and goals, you know, um, just before we even started spring ball and, you know, know what we want to accomplish within our locker room um, and we know the process and the steps it takes you know, to get there. There
1: you go. Dylan Gabriel is a left-handed individual Mm
4: -hmm.
2: who
1: loves Hawaiian food. Really, the only difference between me and him is that he's the starting quarterback at the University of Oklahoma, Mm -hmm. and I'm talking about him on the radio. And he
0: doesn't smirk at his his older teammates, probably. Shows them the respect that they deserve. But, no, I, you know, how confident do you feel that this guy is going to be a big producer at QB for Oklahoma?
1: I feel like you have to feel confident. Like
0: and, eight out of 10 on a one to 10 scale, and, or at going least, higher? At
1: least, again, barring injury, I think the Sooners and Dylan Gabriel as an individual as well have a prolific offensive season. Because I don't think you can put a true value on Gabriel's ability to run Lebby's system and his background running Lebby's system. I know I've talked about it a couple times over the last couple of weeks. Uh, ever since Big 12 media days, but what is so crucial to remember when you're talking about Dylan Gabriel and his familiarity with Jeff Lebby is not just that he has been coached by Jeff Lebby before. It's not just that he has sat in those meeting rooms with Jeff Lebby before. It's that he's actually run the offense on the field in a competitive environment on Saturdays with Jeff Lebby as his offensive coordinator.
0: Yeah, I like his maturity level. Seems mature beyond his years. Uh, Takes that leadership role very seriously. Part of that may be at Brent's direction and just the way this coaching staff approaches things, but I think he already had that about him. Uh, even before he got on campus and maybe he's improved on that but I, I like hearing him talk. He seems like a guy you want to uh, you know hear from in the huddle if you need a big you know big drive to go win a game he seems to be pretty calm cool and collected. look none of it's played out at OU yet. I get it, but I'm liking what I'm hearing uh, and I'm liking what the teammates are saying about uh, Dylan Gabriel and his approach. All right we'll break right here and we're coming right back to the air comfort solutions text line. That's 405-651-3439. We'll get to all of your texts, as many as we can. Coming up next here on The Ref. We are back here on a Wednesday edition of Steelman and Thune at noon, right here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Going to be talking a little Nebraska football a little bit later on next hour. Here from Scott Frost and Casey Thompson, playing the Sooners, of course, this season in Lincoln. Game three for OU. I believe that'll be game four again for Nebraska. So we'll get into that coming up a little bit later. Parker's no longer smirking. He was smirking earlier. I still believe that I did something old man related that he's not telling me about. Because he looked like a bad poker player who's got a great hand and he can't contain his excitement. He had a big smirk on his face like, dude, I got a full house. You know, push him all in.
1: You know, everybody's been making fun of my poker face because whenever Brandon Drum and I do an installment of our YouTube series or our or we post the YouTube video version of our podcast and we end up talking about Derek LeBlanc, everybody will hop in the comments section and talk about how bad of a poker face I have. Do you, have, you, do you have that smile
0: smirk Here's on your face? Thing, like, Here's the thing,
1: though. I know something. The key to poker Is not having a good poker face. It's having a consistent, right? No. What? No. It's having a good poker face and a bad poker face and knowing when to use both of them.
0: Oh, okay. And you've been to the World Series of Poker? Is that what you're
1: telling me? I need to be. Hmm. I need to go to the World Series of Poker. You know what's unfair
0: in the World Series of Poker, by the way? That dude who's wearing the glasses with, like, the... What what do they call it? The uh, the spirals, uh, you know, where you get a look into his, it and it's like mesmerizing. You know what I'm saying? Like you shouldn't be able to wear shades at a poker table, particularly ridiculous clown looking shades. I mean.
1: Are you a sunglasses guy? I just put together, I prob- I've i never seen you wear a pair of sunglasses.
0: I wear some Ray-Bans every now and then. I should wear them more. I don't know why I don't wear them driving, but I do it. I have a pair. I just don't, you know. I used to be, I I usually carry one pair of expensive sunglasses that are pretty good, but I'm a ZZ Top cheap sunglasses guy because they break too easily or I misplace them, something like that. So I've got my ZZ Top collection and one pair of Ray-Bans. And I'll
1: usually go ZZ Top. See, I'm with you all the way on that. I am never going to spend more than 10 bucks for a pair of sunglasses because they break way too easily. They get lost way too easily. Mm-hmm. I leave them somewhere way yep. too easily. Same here. Sunglasses are not worth the investment to me. I am perfectly content to wear cheap sunglasses. Why not? Why not?
0: All right. You want to get to the Air Comfort Solutions text line 405 651 34-39.
1: Jay and Tulsa says, guys, enough with a poker talk. I feel like I'm almost listening to the wrong freaking station.
0: I know what he's talking about there. That's not. That's a shot at somebody else. Okay, I'm okay. I'll accept it. I was trying to describe Parker's look at me when I first – maybe it was because I was running a little bit late today and I couldn't find my energy drink, so I had to hustle in here and I was all
1: disheveled and everything. Maybe that was it. But I retract my redneck read, Jay and Tulsa. Uh, Doc says, Parker – Percentage chance today's 24-25 class event produces the first 2024 commit. I will say those odds are greater than 50%. However, I don't think you will know about that commit for another few weeks at least. Basically what I'm saying is I'm willing to bet that the event today produces a silent, but that silent doesn't become apparent in the public eye for some time yet.
0: All right, uh, would one of those possibly be Stacy Gage or David Stone?
1: I don't think either of those guys are in town okay, this week. Okay, so
0: they're not visiting, they won't
1: be here. No. But you feel
0: good, you've talked about them for a long time, that you feel still pretty solid on both those guys eventually to OU.
1: I do, and a couple other guys in town uh, today, as a matter of fact, that I do feel really good about uh, if I'm Oklahoma and if I'm a Sooner fan right now. Uh, Nigel Smith, four star defensive lineman out of Melissa, Texas. Peyton Pierce, talked about him already, the four star linebacker out of Lovejoy. Zadavian Sims, four star defensive lineman out of Durant. Down there in Durant, southeast Oklahoma, by God. And I'll throw another one out there. Kid that doesn't have an offer yet, but that originally hails from more America. That would be Caden Durham. 2024 running back out of Duncanville High School down in Texas just picked up an Alabama offer yesterday so kid can play ball his contact with the OU staff is pretty recent but uh, or it just started to pick up recently but this is an offer that uh, he's been hoping to get for a long time as somebody who grew up right down the road from Norman and Owen Field Uh, this is one of the ones that he's been looking forward to the most and so if this Oklahoma offer comes pretty expediently for Caden Durham I would expect that the Sooners emerge as a top contender for his commitment I'm just not sure right now how immediately he's looking to lock it in
0: all right back to the air comfort solutions text line Johnny Gigolo is the best saying so far it's pretty good yeah that uh that that whole analogy worked very well Cheap sunglasses break easily, well worth the investment for a $100, $150 pair. I've got one of those, but I protect them uh, like it's like a Fabergé egg or something. Uh, very, very gingerly. Put them on, take them off, put them in the case every time. But I'm just dumb enough to leave them somewhere, and I'm very mistake-prone. I break cars and sunglasses, so that's, that's why
1: for me. Here's the thing. I feel like regardless of how expensive your pair of sunglasses is, it's pretty easy to break any way you slice it. Sunglasses are sunglasses. You know, like those those are fragile implements in general.
0: But the Ray, I mean, the structure of a good pair of Ray Bans is much more solid than your garden variety ZZ Top pair cheap sunglasses. But I still I'm just I break things. And sunglasses, like I said, cars and sunglasses. Cars one, sunglasses two, for me.
1: Have you? I'm trying to think. So I, I've heard the story of how you drowned one car's engine. Mm-hmm. Heard the story of. <laughs> it ain't I got you didn't, no
0: oil in it. It's bone dry, son. I've heard that story.
1: Is that it? Are those the only two cars you've ever killed? Two
0: engines, but I've also stalled many and nearly. I put a bunch of them in intensive care that they eventually. You know, came back from like a coma. So there've been uh, there've been two engine fatalities. I tell and you what, there've been uh, many brushes with death too. Man, I'm in the
1: opposite camp right now. I can't kill that car.
0: I know this car is like uh, Michael Myers in Halloween or Jason in Friday the Thirteenth, right? So what is when is the car
1: coming back? Do we know? We have a, a report. That's a great question. Haven't gotten the call from my mechanic yet. So, but it's we'll it's, see about it. They moved it out of intensive
0: care, though, and it's in a regular room now?
1: Yeah, I, I, I would hope. I don't know. Last I heard yesterday morning was my mechanic had had his lift break, so he had to replace his lift before he could go about repairing any more vehicles. So uh, I am awaiting word on the vehicle itself. I can't kill it, though, Mike. It will not die. One thing about Fords, man. They're not going to go down easily. Really? Well,
0: what about Chevy, by God? Well, the way really I talk about Ford is found on the road dead. You know what I'm saying? That's a NASCAR saying right there. If you had a favorite maker model in NASCAR, you might be a redneck. Like, if you rooted for Ford or Chevy,
1: I mean, there's probably a little bit of redneck in you. I'm just If you saying, pay attention to NASCAR at all. You are 1,000% a redneck. You know what Jim Rome used to call it, right? What did he used to call it? Neck car. Is is there a joke there that I'm just... Redneck. NASCAR, oh, okay, okay, okay. Neck car, yeah. Took me a second.
0: NASCAR got big for a while, man, back when you had the Intimidator and Jeff Gordon and uh, Rusty Wallace and guys like that.
1: And look- oh, no, now he's talking about NASCAR.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that, somebody's gonna just tune on, turn on the radio, and say Steely's talking Steely, if you talk more NASCAR, well, they're gonna say Steely, if you talk more NASCAR, right, <laughs> that's be right. It probably doesn't <laughs>
1: change the dial, sir. So, anyway, uh, another listener on the text line says, "Is it too hot to sit in the car during lunch and listen to the ref?" No
0: commitment. Very nice. That's a five-star listener right there. That is Brent Venables' culture. That is. If you're sitting in the car uh Hopefully that dude has air conditioning. I'm sure he does, but still, it's kind of like you know the AC when you got to run it at like 67 degrees to keep it at 74 degrees. Particularly if you're upstairs in a house right now. Like I said, man, that that uh, AC is working overtime. All right, good to have you with us on a Wednesday. We've got a lot more techs rolling in. Keep them rolling. Keep them rolling in and. Uh, we're going to talk a little more college football when we get back. Baker in Carolina, a little Nebraska football, Cliff Kingsbury on Kyler Murray, and a great song into break. On a Wednesday, we appreciate you being here. Thank you very much. Final show of Beats and Bites 2022 is coming up this Saturday night at Riverwind Casino. Going to be a good crowd out there to see Scotty McCreary we had a great crowd for uh, Starship and Night Ranger to kick off the festivities this season. Uh, Everclear, Sister Hazel, D Blue Something, another good crowd out there. And then the Randy Rogers Band and the fireworks uh, show to follow. Uh, well attended. Uh, the Scotty McCreary show is going to have a huge crowd coming up Saturday night. You can still get a few tickets. They're available for five bucks a piece at Riverwind.com. All the best local food trucks will be out there. Retail vendors, they've got the misting machines to uh, keep you cool, even though it's going to be cooler this weekend. But your final chance to get outdoors for Beats and Bites 2022. Coupe Ale Works, of course, uh, co sponsor along with Riverwind. They've got the great craft beer selection out there, and you'll have a great time again at Beats and Bites 2022. The finale, Scotty McCreary on the Beats and Bites stage coming up this Saturday night. Tickets available at the box office right there in front of the Showplace Theater, and they're available online at riverwind.com, only five bucks a piece. Heck of a deal from our friends at Riverwind Casino. Simply the best. Let's get a few more. Text in on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, we'll talk a little Nebraska football at the top of the hour, see what Scott Frost has to say, Casey Thompson talking about being a Husker. Sooners will play Nebraska uh, on September 18th, of course. Uh, what is that the date for – that was last year's date, I believe. The uh, The game in Lincoln this year is set for September 17th. It'll be the Huskers' fourth game of the year and the Sooners' third game of the year.
1: All right, what do you have? On the text line, one listener says, I just picked up my car from the impound this morning. I got pulled over yesterday with expired insurance, and they took my car from me. Lesson learned.
0: Yeah, you know, sometimes you can slip up, and if you don't get that piece of paper in the mail or whatever, or you accidentally trash it or something, that can happen, so... That's not not good. That's not cool. Another
1: listener says, what do you think of our Carolina Panthers new helmets? The all-black Panthers helmets? Pretty nice. oh, boy. Yeah, I like it. Oh, boy. You know what Emily said
0: in the Bahamas when we saw them at the airport at the Bahamas was, Emily was very excited because they have better colors now. That's what she told my wife, Shay that she was very excited because they have better colors. You've got a teal blue, you've got black, and you've got silver. And obviously white. But uh, are those better colors than uh, the Browns colors?
1: Is that a question? Yes. No. You like
0: the Browns colors better?
1: Wait, I meant yes. Okay. I said, is it a question, and then I completely overthought it. Uh, Yes, obviously. I I, I love the Panthers powder blue and black and silver. I think it's an awesome color scheme. I... (laughs) I can't help wondering how it took them so long to come. Well, I I take that back. I know exactly what took them so long. The NFL's one shell rule, which was repealed this past offseason, previously only allowed teams to have one helmet design. They could put different decals on it, but they could only have one, uh, basically one color helmet. So the Panthers were locked into that silver helmet, and that's why it took so long for them to come around to this black helmet design, but it is such a clean look. i see it on the What is the best field? helmet in the National Football League? Like, no joke. Mm-hmm. I'd put those Black Panthers helmets up there. Really? Already, I'm yes. still going Raiders. I like the Raiders helmets. Raiders is um, still the
0: most badass helmet design, I think. There's some good ones, though. You know, a lot of people like the Cowboys
1: uniforms to me. Eh, no, iffy. There's like four different shades of blue.
0: Yeah, I'm I just... Um, I don't know. I've never been a big fan of it. I mean, it's kind of a clean look, I
1: guess, but I've never been a big fan of the Cowboys Unis. I really like my Bucks throwback uh, Bucko Bruce helmets. I Mm. hope those come back. Yeah. Um, The Dolphins throwback helmets are really, really nice. The old retro 70s Dolphins logo. Yeah, those are good. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else. I'll tell
0: you, a great helmet that's coming back this year, a throwback helmet, is the Patriots old school helmets. Ah. That one is Pat not. Patriots. Oh, that's so good. Why did they ever go away from that? That helmet. Yeah, the Flying Elvis is yes, not even close to n- as good of a look. Yes, they should go back to that look. I love that helmet. I remember as a kid, if you went to IHOP and uh, we were going to, uh, we were. Going to Amarillo for Thanksgiving, like we always did to see relatives. And on the way out of town, we stopped in Oklahoma City, and we stopped at IHOP. And they had those little bitty miniature football helmets. And you got, like, two football helmets with a purchase. And one that I got was the Patriots. And I was fired up, man.
1: I thought they were awesome. As you should have been. Now, uh, uh, another couple— uh, that have been brought up on the Air Comfort Solutions Sex line. Have you seen the Bengals' new white tiger helmet? I haven't that seen that out? yet. Ooh, nice! I mean, it's their standard helmets. It's just it's mm-hmm. white in place of the orange. Okay, so yeah. you can think about it's an all, basically an all white uniform look that they're going for with the black trim.
0: Uh, the Chargers, man, are pretty nice too. Old school Chargers unis.
1: The Chargers. <sighs> man. That's
0: a complete ensemble, though. Now, you the, know
1: the new uniforms. I'm not nearly as much of a fan of those old school. as school. Was the old school yeah, Chargers uniforms. absolutely, but, and
0: not the Air Coryell uniforms? I'm talking
1: about all the way back to like Lance Allworth.
0: Uh, those were awesome.
1: One listener says, "Thune, when are you and Drum doing the next YouTube live? It's gonna be it's gonna be a minute, and that's because uh, my former college roommate, who is our behind the scenes YouTube live producer, Spencer Forsyth, is his name. He's getting married next week, so I will be gone Thursday and Friday of next week." Uh, Mike will be accompanied by Connor Pasby here on this show uh, because I'm going to have to make the trip out to rural Georgia, Oconee, Georgia. That sounds like
0: a shotgun wedding to me, rural Georgia wedding. Are you going to be wearing cowboy boots? I baby? will not be wearing cowboy. Right. You could not pay me enough to wear cowboy boots. Oh, that's not going to sit well with this crowd. Look I out! Look I out understand. on the text line. i resigned to it. There's going to be I'm some blowback. I'm from low Nebraska.
1: Break. I get a pass.
0: You're a city slicker, is what you are. A city slicker. All right, uh, good text coming in. Old school NFL helmets, man. Like I said, I I love the Raiders unis from the start. I just thought, man, those are the most – that dude looks like a badass. That team is full of badasses, and their uniforms are awesome. But that old-school Patriots helmet coming back for a couple games is going to be nice. Be right back, talking Husker football next. Hour number two presented by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72, Uh, when you're going down to Paul's Valley or coming through Paul's Valley, remember Exit 72, great deal. On a car truck or SUV. They've got a great used car selection. They're finding all the best ones there. Great service after the sale and that incredible guarantee of oil changes and engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you at the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. All right, we're gonna get back to the text line here in a minute. Keep it coming. We're gonna try and get to as many as we can. We got a ton of them already. But I want to talk a little Nebraska football first because Scott Frost met the media yesterday at uh, the Big Ten media days and Nebraska again coming off a three and nine season. Nebraska lost eight games by a touchdown or less. They ended the season on a six game losing streak. And again, they were in a lot of these games. One of those games, uh, they you know they had Ohio State in some trouble. they lost and you don't even count that one because that's a nine point loss they had to Ohio State but they were right there with Ohio State for a long time at that game in Lincoln Scott Frost said uh, one of the things obviously the Huskers have to learn is how to
4: close out games it was kind of a different thing every week you know it was a punt here and P.A.T.s and field goals here and uh an interception here and you know tripping over our own feet there and it, it just seemed like it was a different thing every week a block punt a kick return um you know, we really keep focusing on special teams to make sure that, that we're formidable there. Uh, otherwise, I think it's just a mentality. And, and we've been talking to our guys a lot about those things.
1: Nebraska uh, found some unfathomable ways oh, yeah. to lose games yeah. last year. And like right off the bat last year, that
0: loss to Illinois, right? I mean, you go to Champaign-Urbana and you lose to Illinois.
1: Uh, Who was rolling with their backup quarterback, Arthur Sitkowski.
0: Mm-hmm. The teams that Nebraska beat last year. They beat Fordham, they beat Buffalo, and they beat Northwestern. They hammered Northwestern. Other than that, everything was a nail. And by the way, they will play Northwestern before they play Oklahoma. That's a game in Dublin, Ireland that Nebraska will have. By the time the Sooners roll into Lincoln, it will be game number four for the Huskers, game number three for OU. The Sooners, of course, uh, have UTEP and Kent State before that. But uh, Nebraska, again, Scott Frost fighting for his job. This game is enormous. It is a Godzilla-sized matchup for Scott Frost because if Nebraska could find a way to win this game and if they can beat uh, Northwestern, you figure that Nebraska's coming into this matchup because they have North Dakota and Georgia Southern 3-0 and with some momentum. And if they can beat Oklahoma, Scott Frost could end up saving his job and uh, get some job security. He was asked the other day, is he worried right now and feeling like he is fighting for his job this season?
4: I don't pay any attention to it. It, Any any year you're coaching at a school like Nebraska or any of these schools in the Big Ten, there's going to be pressure to win, and you know, we certainly were playing catch-up with a lot of teams for a long time. I think we've done a good job closing the gap, had our chances to win a lot more games than we have. It's our time to do it, and the pressure doesn't change. Uh, for the most part, we've been doing it the right way. Uh, it just hasn't led to the results we want yet. Um, this year's going to be different.
1: Are mm. you doing it the right way if you're not winning?
0: Um, not really. I guess you're going through the right motions, but you need to win football games. Nebraska, the, uh, the drop-off that Nebraska, when you think of that 95 Nebraska team, in the conversation for the greatest college football team of all time. And after Barry Switzer left the OU-Nebraska rivalry, guess what? Dr. Tom won three national championships. Did I ever tell you I ate roast pig with Tom Osborne? Wait, I need to hear this story. Come yes, on. this was at the old Big 8 Skyriders tour where you would tour on a bus. There was no sky riding, by the way. There was only one plane ride, and that was like to Colorado. Everything else was on a bus. So it should have been the Big 8 – bus riders tour back in in the day. But we were at a outside a hotel in Lincoln and they set up all these tables and right there first time and I felt big time there's the pig. The pig comes out, he's got an apple in his mouth and everything. You know who sits right across from me? Dr. Tom Osborne. So, yes, there were like 70 other people there, but yes, I ate roast pig with Dr. Tom Osborne.
1: Did you guys, like, talk? Was there, like, a conversation, or were you just sitting across from each other eating?
0: Yes, we talked about young people and how they smirk at old people and how that's not very nice.
1: Back in the day, No, we didn't talk. I was completely intimidated, of course. Now, you want to talk about old. Tom Osborne's old these days. He's got to be, what, his mid-80s by now? Yeah,
0: he would. You know, the king's getting up there, too, man. It's, long live the king. But, uh, man, what a great rivalry that was. Dr. Tom. Poor Dr. Tom, man. Every there is always that cutaway after the Sooners pulled the rabbit out of the hat in the last second, and they would cut away to Dr. Tom, and he's got the look on his face like, seriously? Again, he's chomping on that gum. How did that happen again? But I a lot of respect for Dr. Tom Osborne. A lot of respect. I think he actually went to Hastings College by the way, where Danny Noonan was going,
1: right? Hastings College. I, Tom, you, uh, Tom Osborne went there. I really? believe
0: he was there for a while, or either he was from Hastings, Nebraska, or attended Hastings College for a while, because I always remember that's where Danny Noonan was headed. Yeah, no, I, I, I
1: knew he was from Hastings. I didn't realize he went to Let Hastings me go ahead and Google well. up Dr. No, Tom. You're, you're exactly right. Dr. Played Tom. Played at Hastings. Hmm. And then later played in the NFL briefly.
0: Dr. Tom did? Yeah. What position? Selected
1: in the 19th round of the 1959 NFL draft. Good Lord.
0: Dr. Tom, I would say Dr. Tom would have been a defensive back, would be my guess. He was a wide receiver. Really? Tom
1: Osborne, wide receiver? Yes. Hmm. uh Oh, okay. He actually, like, he had himself a career, like, he wasn't just a practice squad player. Who did he play for again? Uh, the San Francisco 49ers, although he never suited up for them in a regular season game. And then he did see uh, some pretty substantial game action over two seasons with the entity then known as the Washington Redskins. Hmm. Really? it. Yeah. Scored, scored a touchdown against the Cleveland Browns in week four of the 1961 season. I bet Baker threw an interception that,
0: you know, turned it at touchdown back in the day. Well, that would have been way back.
1: So, Dr. Tom had an NFL touchdown. Yes, two of them, actually. Two. Two wow. NFL touchdown receptions. He only won one game as hmm. a member of the Washington Redskins, though. So. Who
0: is widely regarded as the greatest Nebraska player of all time? Do they have, like, a guy like most uh, OU fans would probably go Leroy Selman? Does Nebraska have a go-to guy? Johnny Rogers, Mike Rozier,
1: Sue, well, it, I guess Glover? It depends. Are you talking about their collegiate career or are you talking about their professional career? I would just say who is known as the greatest Nebraska
0: Cornhusker. You know. Oh, that's a good fill question. Fill in the blank. Because I think it's still Leroy Selman for OU. And Leroy Selman, you could say, also, he's in the NFL Hall of Fame.
1: So... It's a lot of guys that have yeah, that have to a, be in that conversation for Nebraska, but there's no real clear answer. That's either. what I was thinking. You know, there's Irving Fryer, there's Mike Rozier, there's Ndamukong like you mentioned. Kind of an underrated Husker, I would say, who had a heck of a career in the National Football League is Dominic Riola. Um, hmm.
0: So we got yeah. Rodgers and Rozier, uh, you know um, – Eric Crouch won a Heisman, but no, he didn't do anything in the NFL. Uh, Rich Glover was a great nose tackle back in the day. Larry Jacobson and Dominican Sue, um, but yeah, that's weird. That I don't know. Maybe there's a Nebraska fan out there that says, "Yeah, most Nebraska fans would tell you." Dave
1: Remington, maybe.
0: Dave Remington, man, that guy was—he was a great player, man. He was a great offensive lineman. I think there were some uh, enhancements involved, but that dude was built like a Coke machine. I mean, that's about the size of Dave Remington back in the day. A Coca-Cola machine? Like, yeah, big, you know, that wide and just, you know. Okay, just want to clarify. It would be hard to pick up a, yes, like a, like a, yes, a vending machine. Okay, uh, let's hear from Casey Thompson. He's going to be the quarterback for the Huskers this year. Played well against Oklahoma last year. Five TD t- uh, passes for Casey last year in the uh, OU matchup. <sighs> yeah, they certainly did not lose that game because of Casey Thompson. No, he sure. played very well, and Casey Thompson talked about how he uh, made his way to Nebraska.
2: I had never even been to Lincoln. My first time actually like being here was legit when I drove down and moved in. Oh, really? Yeah, I drove. Like We started school, and. Like January nineteenth or something, and I came down on the eighteenth to like ten p.m. at night. And no like way. That was my first time. Yeah, I, I didn't even visit. Like I didn't need to really. The opportunity to come play here and just like in front of this university and you know for this team. Um, obviously, everyone said it was a big deal. I mean, I'll get to experience that in the fall. But that was probably the main factor. And then just knowing Frost and knowing that he's a good dude. And then uh, my dad and actually is friends with uh, with Mickey Joseph and they. They actually kind of grew up together a little bit. Um, in high, I mean, in high school, they both visited OU back in the 80s. They were both going to decide between OU and Nebraska. So they had a relationship way back then. And so if you fast-forward it to now, he, Mickey Joseph was like, you got to get Casey here, you got to get Casey here. And then when Mark Whipple decided to come here, it was like a no-brainer. It was like, dude, he came from the NFL. He likes to throw the ball a lot. All right, so Scott
0: Frost uh, giving uh, the reins to Mark Whipple uh, at
1: least – I don't know. He he was. Did the, you hear Pat Narduzzi's comments on Mark Whipple last week? Yeah, I did. Yes, <laughs> our offensive coordinator last year didn't want to run the ball.
0: <laughs> Pat Narduzzi seems angry. He's got Pat
1: Narduzzi is just like he he doesn't care at this
4: point.
0: He's got a dartboard with Lincoln Riley's picture on it, and now Mark Whipple's picture on it. Mister, Wh- can we call him Mister Whipple? Does he sque- squeeze the Charmin? Another older reference lost on younger co-hosts. That's man, the second time. Man, you're running I've, circles Man, around me when I mentioned stuff. the Yellow Pages the other day, he was, he was very befuddled by that. No, I was
1: with you on the Yellow Pages. Okay, I you, remember those.
0: But I mentioned I Dream of genie, and I mentioned uh, Mr. Whipple and the Charmin commercial. Yes. Straight over my
1: head. Yeah. Um, you know what's crazy to think about is when Casey Thompson was in the transfer portal, the two schools that he kind of came down to in the end – were Nebraska and Ole Miss. If Casey Thompson had gone to Ole Miss, Jackson Dart is probably a sooner right now. And no. And there is no no General Booty. No
0: General Booty would have been. General Booty would have taken his booty somewhere else, wouldn't he? Where would General Booty have gone? New Mexico. Oh, General Booty, selling yourself short at New Mexico? Are you kidding me? Come on. Yeah. Well, General Booty, of course, landed in Norman and could be um, – I don't know. Would you say – you're saying General Booty is going to be the backup
1: QB, right? I think he will be the backup QB, and I think there is an extant chance that General Booty is the starting quarterback for Oklahoma in 2023 if Dylan Gabriel moves on to the NFL.
4: Mm. <sighs>
0: I'm all, I'm all for it, to be honest with you. I mean, General Booty has NIL opportunities coming out of the wazoo. Really? That was the best you could come up well, with there? Well, I mean, I didn't want to say coming out the booty. I mean, he. but yes, there's no doubt that he he's got great NIL prospects, no doubt about it. That's all I got to say about that
1: for right now. It's probably all you should yeah. say.
0: Right all right, now. ladies and gentlemen, we've got a ton of text rolling in. We're going to get to as many as we can in the next segment. Uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Good stuff rolling in, and um, people giving their opinion on the greatest Husker of all time. But man, that is a huge game for Scott Frost and the first big test for Brent Venables and this Oklahoma football team coming up in the fall. Should be a heck of a game. Scott Frost, ten and twenty-five in the Big Ten. It's not going to cut it at Nebraska, even though they haven't been cutting it in Lincoln for a while. Stay with us. Coming right back here on the Home of Sooner Fans. It is the Ref Radio Network. All right. Air Comfort Solutions text line is blowing up, so let's get there at 405-651-3439. That's 405 651 34-39. Thirty-four, thirty-nine. We were talking about uh, Oklahoma-Nebraska this year. And, and most Sooner fans, I would say the most popular Sooner of all time right now would be Baker Mayfield. But I would say the majority of Oklahoma fans who've been following Oklahoma football for a long time, if you're asked who is the greatest OU player ever, and Barry Switzer says this too, he said it for years and years and years, would be Lee Roy Selman, who is also in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But when it comes to Nebraska, is there one that just jumps immediately to the forefront? Uh, Heisman winners, of course, when you talk about Johnny Rogers and Mike Rozier and Eric Crouch. Um, you know, the triplets back in the day, I mentioned Rozier. You had Turner Gill and Irving Fryer. Um, you know, defensive players, Rich Glover, Larry Jacobson back in the day, and Dominic and Sue uh, recently, Grant Wistrom uh somebody said tommy fraser tommy is a pretty, pretty good choice too again he didn't win a heisman but man tommy Frazier was a was a big time winner i feel like his name's on the trophy it's got to be dave remington right dave remington yeah uh is there any other husker for which a an award is named for i'm not sure i can't think of one no offhand i cannot either all right well let's see what they say on the air comfort solutions text line
1: Grant Wistrom was on three national championship teams, I believe. Yes, that's right, because Nebraska won three national championships in the span of four years mm-hmm. back in the mid-'90s. Uh, Wistrom had himself a nice little NFL career. Not elite, not Hall of Fame caliber, but he was a solid starter in the NFL for several years. Lawrence Phillips. no oh, Lawrence Phillips. W- what
0: a great talent, but what a troubled, uh, cr- troubled guy he was.
1: Tom Rathman.
0: Tom Rappin had a really good career for a fullback uh,
1: with the 49ers, too. Here's another guy that had a whole lot of success in the NFL. Amon Green. Running back in Nebraska in the late 90s. If if you're going on NFL, he's way up the list. Yes, he is. He was a stud for the Green Bay Packers for several years in the mid-2000s. Uh, this is one we've neglected to mention, Lawton's own Will
0: Shields. Will Shields won the Allen Trophy. I apologize to Will Shields, the people of Lawton and Kansas City, for overlooking Will Shields, because that's a good call. Now He is
1: also an NFL Hall of Famer, too.
0: Yes, he is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another vote for Tommy Frazier and Dominican Sioux. So, By the way,
1: going back to the conversation at the end of last hour about throwback uniforms slash helmets in the NFL – uh, I neglected to mention this. I'm glad somebody brought it up on the text line. The Houston Oilers. Houston Oilers. Houston. <laughs> okay. Oh, wasn't that such a good look, though? I have an Oilers t shirt.
0: You at know, home. I know a lot of people like the Oilers old unis and everything and helmet. I wasn't a big fan of their look, but. Really? Uh, yeah, I don't know why. I mean, it was an oil derrick, right? And, I mean, I guess. Uh, you know, the Oilers back in the day, I, you know, I enjoyed watching them when they had Warren Moon, you know, back in the days of Dan Pastorini and Earl Campbell. And, of course, they had the great fight song they played there in the old Astrodome. Is the Astrodome still standing the Astrodome, to my knowledge, is still standing, but it's like just an I'd, event center or something. It was the it was the eighth wonder of the world back in the day. Remember?
1: That's I what don't they know it. what the situation is with the Astrodome, but it's just been sitting vacant for the most part for years and years and years.
0: The Astrodome, when you talk about great events, you had uh, you know Lou Alcindor versus Elvin Hayes, UCLA and Houston. You had some big time football games. You had the Battle of the Sexes between Bobby Riggs and Billie Jean King, all at the Astrodome. It was like the place. And, of course, that always changes uh, over time. But the Astrodome, by today's standards, is a total dump. But I, I, I guess it is still standing. I don't know what they're doing there, but I can remember the Love You Blue uh, pom-poms, you know, bouncing around to the uh, Houston Oilers fight song, which you loved, by the way, when we played it. It was interesting. I, I, I don't know that I would say I loved it. but the, the Astrodome, by the way, was also the site of, wasn't it, Buddy Ryan punching Kevin Gilbride on the sidelines? Yes,
1: that, that, that also happened there. I
0: mean, that's when you've got a great football team, when the defensive coordinator walks over to
1: the OC and punches him square in the jaw. Okay, here is the latest on the Astrodome. I'm reading straight from the Astrodome's Wikipedia page. Okay. The Astrodome Revitalization Project. After the failed plans of past years, the Astrodome revitalization project was proposed in September 2016. This plan would turn the dome into a massive underground parking garage, specifically... The first step would raise the dome floor and use the space underneath that as parking, leaving the floor above for other uses. On September 27, 2016, the Harris County Commissioners approved the first part of the plan. This marked a major turning point for the dome, as some feared if the plan wasn't approved, the building would be demolished. On January 27, 2017, the Texas Historical Commission voted unanimously to designate the dome a State Antiquities Landmark. Under the designation, the Astrodome may no longer be removed, altered, damaged, salvaged, or excavated without a permission, uh, without a permit, excuse me, from the commission. The Harris County Commissioners voted to approve a $105 million renovation plan on February 13, 2018. This plan keeps the parking garage from the revitalization project. Construction was set to start in October 2018. And would be completed sometime in 2020. The construction start date was later moved to early 2019 and was expected to finish in 2020. However, as of September 2019, the plan was put on hold with no word when construction might take place. It was announced in November 2019 that the revitalization project has been scrapped. There have been no new plans for the Astrodome.
0: So but they're still wanting to make the Astrodome like a historical place and save it. Yeah, right? they're still wanting to yeah. use
1: like they, they want to keep it standing. So maybe they in two hundred
0: years, useful. you know, or a thousand years, well, the humans are gonna be around for a thousand years. We're we're as George Carlin said, circling the drain right now. But maybe they will drive by the Astrodome and look at the Astrodome like they would the Roman Coliseum
1: down the road. It'll be a tourist attraction. Rarely do you see sports venues that just sit vacant as long as the Astrodome has. True. The Pontiac Silverdome in Detroit was just sitting for years and years and years. But outside of that, for the most part, when a venue's tenant moves to a newer slash nicer facility, it gets torn down pretty expediently. So the fact no, that the right. Astrodome yeah. is still standing over two decades after the Astros last pr- played there speaks to how badly the folks down there want to keep it around.
0: I remember Evil Knievel had a couple jumps, I think, in the Astrodome, too, on the wide world. Wide, wide world is,
1: what in the wide, wide world of sports is it going
0: on here? Evil Knievel jumped some buses or something in the Astrodome. So there's uh, some historical significance. Uh, it also, you know, is the first... That's that's where we got AstroTurf, the Houston Astrodome. So I'm all for Save the Astrodome.
1: I'm with it. Some venues, I, I felt the same about Tiger Stadium in Detroit mm-hmm. after the Tigers moved to Comerica Park. I don't care what you do with it. Just keep it standing.
0: What about the original Yankee Stadium? I mean, that was sacrilegious, wasn't it? Yeah, that
1: was just a terrible idea, tearing down the old Yankee Stadium.
0: But, I mean, you can't tear down. Uh, no matter when, I a mean, hundred years down the road, you still need to have Wrigley there. You still need to have Fenway there. Tiger Stadium wasn't Tiger Stadium the oldest too among that? No, group? it
1: opened in 1913, so it wasn't quite as old as Wrigley and Fenway. Okay. But it was so, one of the uh, one of the original ballparks, is the classification that they gave it. So it was like Wrigley, Fenway, uh, Tiger Stadium, and then there was one other. Hmm. And if for the life of me, I can't remember which one. But it wasn't those were Cleveland? Like the f- was it? No, it wasn't Cleveland. What was the other? But there was a original? group of full ball- four ballparks that were dubbed like the original ballparks. Hmm. I'm trying to think offhand of what. the other I guess one is.
0: you I you know. can't save every stadium. I get that or field. Uh, but the Astrodome, yeah. There's some. His- there's a lot of history there. And like I said, they 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 called it. They dubbed it the eighth wonder of the world. It wasn't that wondrous, you know. Once we. Like uh, when you went to Houston and you saw, what's that over there? Oh, that's the Astrodome, you know, not long ago. But save the Astrodome. Count me in. Okay, uh, let's get to some more text when we get back, and let's talk about the quarterback competition in Carolina. Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Matt Corral, doubtful. But we'll uh, hear what Matt Rule had to say and what Baker has to say about his new home. We'll get to that when we get back here on the ref. Okay, back with you, Mike Steely Parker Thune, Steelman and Thune at noon. Well into the one o'clock hour. Thank you, Seth Wadley Auto Group in Pauls Valley, Exit seventy two for a, a great deal on a car, truck, or SUV and a great guarantee. Oil change, oil changes, and engines for life on newer, used gas or diesel at no. Zero, nada, none, no additional cost to you. Seth Wadley, Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Remember, exit 72 on your way to Paul's Valley. I'm looking at their uh, interviewing Mel Tucker, the Michigan State coach, who was at Colorado, obviously, for a while. And I tell you, one of my favorite uniforms in college football, Michigan State, when they wear the Spartan on uh, the helmet, you know, rather than the S, and that look, just the green and white. I think that's a really good look. I really that is like. one of the
1: most underrated looks in college. I football.
0: think so too. Now, when they wear some of the stupid throwbacks, uh, they're horrible.
1: Or the highlighter. Oh, uniforms. that's
0: brutal. But that, just that look with this, you know, the the wide white stripe in the middle and the uh, the Spartan on the side of the helmet. Uh, it's a really good good look. And I agree, probably one of the underrated looks in college football for me, anyway. Okay, uh, let's. Here, I should have given you a list. I'm sorry. Let's run the uh, first clip from Matt Rule when he expects to name a starting quarterback, and then we'll run the one near the bottom uh, with Baker Mayfield. Matt Rule, again, uh, he's on the hot seat at Carolina. I thought he did an excellent job, uh, you know, at Baylor. I I thought Matt Rule, and again, he went to Carolina. I was a little bit surprised by that, but he is definitely on the hot seat right now, at Carolina and we've got a quarterback competition Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. Two of the big interception machines in the National Football League recently. Now Baker's had his moment Sam Darnold hasn't. But and you would expect that Baker could win that quarterback competition uh, Matt Rule was asked today when he expects to name a starting quarterback. Yeah, I'd love to have it before the Cleveland game, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I, I think anytime you put timelines on things, you end up rushing to make bad decisions. Um, to me, this is about very much being in the moment but not making rash judgments. Some guys are going to have good days. Some guys are going to have bad days. You know, um, you know, we, we, we'll have our 53 cut. You know, whenever we know, we know. We don't have to play games with it. You know, when we kind of know, hey, this is our guy, we'll, we'll do it. But, you know, most teams in the NFL start two quarterbacks throughout the course of the year. So, to me, it's our job to not just – you know, pick a starting quarterback. It's to make sure that we have four guys that can go in and win for us. So um, when we know, we'll know. All right. Kind of generic coach speak there, but percentage chance that Baker beats out Sam Darnold. Are you going like 90? Are you going 75? Do you think it's just totally a done
1: deal? What 95. Do you think? 95%. And
0: does that mean you think he starts week one? Yes. Or would you, okay, yes. you think Baker I, will start against I Cleveland? would be
1: very surprised. Me too. If Matt, if Sam Darnold starts a single game for the Carolina Panthers unless Baker either becomes ineffective midseason or gets injured.
0: By the way, go back to the rule clip. Can you highlight like the first four, three or four seconds there, just the first three or four? Um, because I think we have a little – maybe uh, extended – yeah, right in there. Because I think we have a, a little bit of an example of reporter overlapping. Let's play it. I'd love to have it before the Cleveland game, you know. Uh. I mean, that's a little bit of overlapping. But overlapping is when a coach says something that really isn't that funny and the reporters overlaugh, I mean, that was probably a 2 out of 10. But are we still encountering that a lot in press conferences?
1: I mean, it's – it's just part of the standard operating procedure yeah. at press conferences. So it's you, just something that happens. You, it's almost unconscious. So are you saying that you've overlapped at a press conference before? I am not the type of person to laugh audibly mm-hmm. at anything. See, at a press I'm a, conference. I'm an inside laugher.
0: I'm laughing inside. I'm not a LOL kind of yeah, guy. Yeah, exactly. You? So okay. you know what? Like, I've got friends. My friend David, laugh out loud guy. My so, uh, my brother in law, Kirk. Both really good guys. Laugh-out-loud guy. Me, I'm an inside laugher. So I think maybe they look at me like this guy doesn't think anything's funny, but I just, I'm not a laugh-out-loud guy. And, but there, that was a little bit of overlapping, I thought, there. on. I mean, I would like to get one by the Cleveland game. I mean, not like that was Bill Burr up on stage or anything there, right? Just a little bit. All right, Baker said uh, the other day that uh, he is ready for Carolina and ready to put his Cleveland pass behind him. Surprising for everybody. Um, pretty
3: unexpected. But, you know, if, I, if I'm focused on the past, then I'm not doing my job and, you know, being a Carolina Panther now. So I'm, like I said, I'm grateful for my time there. Uh, yeah, shocked. I'd say it was, you know, pretty much the only way to describe it. But you roll with the punches and you got to move forward you know, this is a test of adversity and how I'm going to handle it and how I can move forward and be the best teammate possible with, with our new home. And uh, I'm looking forward to it.
0: There you go. Well, we'll see, you know, what's weird because, and we'll have some new Baker audio tomorrow because it looked like he had his first, that was the zoom Carolina press conference. Baker was in his practice attire and everything. And they just ran it on sports center. So we'll have some new Baker tomorrow. I was looking for it today, but it wasn't up yet, but, um, uh, You know, they showed a soundbite with Baker, and then it wiped to a soundbite with Sam Darnold on this competition. And just looking at it, Sam Darnold looks like the stud NFL quarterback, right? He's like, what's Sam Darnold, 6'3", 6'4"? He just looks the parts, but he hasn't played the part yet. Baker has done that to an extent. Now, even as a huge Baker fan— And with Sooner bias, I don't think there's any way, you know, you can't say that Baker hasn't been a disappointment in Cleveland because he was the number one overall pick in the draft. Now, again, did he do great things for a while? You know, he's still got a piece of history in Cleveland for, you know, being the quarterback if they keep winning with, you know, Mr. Massage, you know, if he gets to play this season. Uh, Baker will be that quarterback who bridged the gap from, you know, futile Cleveland to respectability, you know, the Browns. you got to take them seriously, Cleveland.
1: Baker Or did that. Or alternative, the Browns descend right back into mm-hmm. the throes of misery and Baker C- becomes happen. the only quarterback over three decades that's ever won in Cleveland.
0: Yeah, it's such a weird uh, thing because, again, Baker didn't play well last year. And you can talk about, you know, the feud with uh, – OBJ's dad, and you could talk about the torn labrum, and I do think the injury played a role in that, but he also made bad decisions, lost his confidence. His, his footwork wasn't good. He didn't play well. He's got to play a lot better, but he had moments in Cleveland, so I'm not ready to dismiss Baker Bayfield as an NFL quarterback yet, but he's got to play a lot better, and the question is, does he have the personnel around him to make a huge impact or maybe be comeback player of the year uh, this season with Cleveland? So, man, that first game, though, <laughs> such a great, great, great situation to have Carolina hosting Cleveland. I mean, Baker's got to start that game. Baker might murder Sam Darnold to start that game if he has to, if Sam Darnold's number one on the depth chart.
1: Again, there's, there's no chance you don't roll Baker Mayfield out for that game because you have to understand – especially going against his former team, the team that spat upon him publicly and then traded him for a pittance, Baker Mayfield is going to have far more motivation to go and beat the Cleveland Browns than any other quarterback on that roster. Motivated so, like, Baker,
0: is, that's the dangerous Baker.
1: Exactly. So, exactly, and that's what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Even if Baker isn't the most impressive quarterback that the Panthers have throughout minicamp, which I still think he will be, but even if he's not— you still play him in week one because Baker's at his best when he's motivated and Lord knows he will be motivated for that contest.
0: All right. Uh, Riverwind casino. We have the final show of beats and bites 2022. It's this Saturday night. You can get outdoors. It's going to be cooler this weekend. Scotty McCreary is going to be on the beats and Bites stage presented by Riverwind and coupé works. We'll have all the incredible local food trucks, the ones you love out there. Great food choices out there. The craft beer from Coop Ale Works. You've got, uh, again, retail vendors out there, activities for the kids. Bring your folding chairs out there. Enjoy a great night outdoors. It's going to be a lot cooler. Great music from Scotty McCreary. And, uh, you know, they've got the big uh, misting machines out there also to keep you cool. But it is going to be cooler this weekend. That's happening Saturday night. Final show of Beats and Bites 2022 at Riverwind Casino. Get your tickets online at Riverwind.com. They're only 5 bucks for individual ticket. And don't forget, keep getting those points on the specific e-game machines and the casting for cash promotion. A few days left. If you finish in the top five, you can win that big fishing trip to the Florida Keys plus $2,000 in bonus play and $1,000 in cash. That is a great, great promotion from our friends over at Riverwind. Simply the best. Coming back, one more segment. We'll get as many texts in as we can when we get back here on The Ref. Headed down the stretch, we've got locked in uh, with Parker and Tyler McComas coming up at the top of the hour. Appreciate you being here with us on a Wednesday. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you. Air Comfort Solutions text line blowing up again. 405-651-3439, that's 405-651-3439, and we'll get back there. By the way, uh, we were talking about great events at the Astrodome, and uh, Evil Knievel with a couple jumps there. I can remember on uh, ABC's Wide World of Sports, evil Knievel in the Astrodome, and I just somebody uh, let me know that you can still get the Evil Knievel stunt cycle. Man, that was one of my favorite toys as a kid. My brother and I were very excited to get the Evil Knievel Stunt Cycle one Christmas. And they even have a pro model now. Evil has gone pro, introducing the Pro Series Stunt Cycle Motorcycle Edition. Aha. Evil Knievel's still selling toys. You don't remember Evil Knievel, but he was the stunt cyclist.
1: I know Evil Knievel nominally. Didn't he break like no, seventy
0: bones trying to jump uh the fountain at Caesar's Palace, I believe? That slow-mo video where he does tumbles across the uh concrete for like a hundred yards, it seemed like. It was pretty
1: bad. I can't imagine breaking seventy bones. Yeah. That's and, gotta be
0: <laughs> it's gotta be an entirely different degree of pain. No doubt. And uh I remember him trying to jump Snake River in that little rocket ship they built. That was a failure. But uh, I can also, one of my big memories of Evil Knievel was hanging out with Lynn Hickey at Lynn Hickey Dodge up in a van way up in the air doing commercials. Evil would go after the almighty dollar. There is no doubt about that. But he was big back in the day. Whatever happened to the great stunt cyclists? Well, there was only one, Evil Knievel, right? You don't see a stunt cycle show much anymore, do you? And here's what Evil Knievel did for us as kids. And if you're as old as me, you probably attempted the same thing. Let's go build a ramp, man, and try and jump something. Oh, boy. And we would put, like, bricks, you know, no idea of what engineering is really like. So you would get, and the bricks would collapse, and then somebody would end up crying on the pavement. And somebody's mom would come around, did
1: you, boys, didn't you heard this?
0: You know, that kind of deal. There was always an evil Knievel mishap. Some dude called us uh, a long time ago when I was doing a show and we, we were on this subject and he said some, some kid had sold, they had like a farm pond out beyond their neighborhood and had sold like tickets for like 25 cents a piece because he had a mini bike and he built a ramp. He was going to jump the pond. And said so the dude got revved up and everything went, you know, right off the
1: ramp, right into the middle of the pond, like in hot rod.
0: Yes, that was it. Maybe that was the inspiration. Just boom. I mean, didn't even come close. Just lands right in the middle of the pond.
1: Oh, gosh. And he surfaced, but the motor, the mini bike, did not. No, I can imagine it didn't. So, yeah. Air Comfort Solutions Sex Line. Hey, Parker. This is the recently unblocked Kevin in Tulsa. From one base player to another, who's your top three all-time? Keep in mind, I'm the same age as the steel man. Mine are three, Chris Squire, two, Les Claypool, one, Geddy Lee. Your top two are also my top two. And Getty Lee and Les Claypool are virtually interchangeable at number one. For me, the race for number three is a push between Flea and Cliff Burton, whom we lost far, mm-hmm. far too soon. Metallica. But uh Cliff Burton, boy, he could flick that base. Slap at the base. The way he played it, too. Like if you if you watch old videos of Cliff Burton, he plays with his index finger and his pinky. You know, most bassists they're playing with the index finger, the middle finger. Cliff Burton is like basically throwing mm. up the metal sign, yeah, or throwing a horns down. Either yeah. way you want to look yeah, at, yeah, probably it, a more horns like, down. It would look Cl- like. Cliff Burton is the uh, is Oklahoma's bass player.
0: That's a good, uh, re- well, Super Dave Osborne. Oh my gosh, that was one of my favorite bits of all time. Super Dave Osborne on Showtime with his assistant Fuji, it's Bob Einstein. You got to go back and look. I mean, they were super cheesy, but always really good. The Daredevil, Super Dave Osborne.
1: Ah, Bob tremendous. from Cement says my groin hasn't been the same since a missed jump in nineteen seventy-five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got on your bike, man, and you thought you could do it, and guess what? You
0: couldn't do it. That Evil Knievel was responsible for a lot of
1: broken bones and young kids back in the day, too. You know. So Okay, okay, okay. This is is an intriguing text. I actually love this. If you're the Big 12, why not just adopt the name of the Southwest Conference and merge with the remaining top Pac-12 schools? The name makes sense instead of the Big 12. Bring back the
0: SWC. The old Southwest Conference, man. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I guess there's so much money attached to these league names, you know, because you can't even change it from, like, Big 10 to Big 14 or whatever, you know. Big 12 to Big 10. Travis Pastrana is my generation's Evel Knievel.
1: I didn't know about Travis Pastrana. Travis Pastrana has competed in just about every avenue, no pun intended, of motocross, auto racing, stunt, daredevil, Hmm. extravaganzas imaginable. The man lives his life. At the controls of a motor vehicle. You know, it's crazy
0: because back in the day, we did not have a, uh, you know, all these networks that you could watch or stream, obviously. We were, well, we were archaic. But so if Evil Knievel came on, usually it could be a pay-per-view, like the Snake River Jump was a pay-per-view. But you would see the jump on Wide World of Sports. And if Evil Knievel was going to do a jump on Wide World of Sports, you were tuned in, you know, because you
1: had like, Four choices, and that's about
0: it. Uh,
1: One listener said, I saw an Oilers game at the Astrodome, and it smelled like stinky sweat socks. (laughs) All right, how many gallons of Lysol do you think it's going to take to freshen up the
0: whole Astrodome? You need to bring a – well, you couldn't fly a crop duster in there, but that's what you need to
1: do. You might be able to fly a crop duster in there. Uh,
0: Was the other fourth park, the old
1: Polo Grounds, was the uh, – Ah, the the Polo Grounds. What an iconic ballpark that was! The dimensions, oh in my gosh, wasn't that where Willie about, Mays made
0: the catch? Right? Yes. Over the yes, yard. I believe. Children.
1: Don't quote me on this. I want to say it was four hundred and eighty-three feet to dead center field, and about two hundred fifty-eight down the lines, mm-hmm. two fifty-two and two fifty-eight, if I'm not mistaken. I used to have the dimensions of every old ballpark committed to memory for some reason. So. It's been a while, but that's about the uh, the dimensions of the polo grounds.
0: And that was a good re- good call on uh, Super Dave Osborne, by the way. Probably my favorite daredevil of all time. You need to check out some Super Dave Osborne uh, videos. Pretty good stuff. Aaron Rodgers, that video yesterday, looking like Cameron Poe from Con Air. That was he is a different breed of cat in all caps, no doubt. Is he still hanging out with uh, Sabrina the Witch or whatever her name is?
1: Sabrina the Witch? Yeah, he's hanging out with some. Oh uh, I lose track of Aaron Rodgers' relationship status so easily. Because it changes every couple of months. Yes, it does. All right, we gotta get out of here,
0: make way for locked in. Thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group. Exit seventy two in Paul's Valley. Don't forget Riverwind, Scotty McCreary this Saturday. Get your tickets online at Riverwind.com for only five bucks. Have a great Wednesday.